Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. News Radio WRVA. It is Monday. Oh my gosh, we're back at it. I got news for you. It's not a bad day at all weather-wise, right? 60 degrees. I will absolutely positively take it. I'll tell you that right now. And sunshine. And I know that we're getting closer and closer to spring. And it has nothing to do with that goofy, furry rat in a top hat who did or did not see his shadow. I'm not entirely sure which way that one went, but um, he said it was going to be uh, springtime soon, and so there we go. So, of course, I will trust a, uh, a rodent for those decisions, but I'll tell you how I really know. Honest to goodness, the reason that I really know we're getting closer and closer to spring, uh, I'm seeing the Virginia Green trucks out. Uh, they were here today. I got my friends from Yardworks uh, reaching out. You know, we've got, uh, I've got my Mulchmeister over there at Yardworks, Jeff. Uh, is just uh, amazing. Jeff Mayo, the, the Mulchmeister of Mulchmeisters. So it's getting to be springtime. We're getting closer and closer. Heidi's busy uh, designing her, her music chalet with PicturePerfectSheds.com. Oh, and last night, I did not have to watch the Grammys. Oh, God, I felt so good about not watching them. I really, 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 really did. It was It was great to not see any of these folks. It was wonderful not to have to subject myself to that. Uh, the thing is, Heidi is all about music. That is her thing. Please make no mistake about that. And for years now, Joe, my youngest guy, who was also just a devoted music fan, the two of them would watch the Grammys. And they were really into Now, Joe knew the, the newer artists, Heidi knew the uh, the other artists, and it was really a thing of beauty to watch them interact with this. And then I would walk by and, you know, provide sort of the grumpy dad aside, because it doesn't take much to do that, and it's not me, I should turn that stuff down, it's too loud, and, and, and tell him to get off my lawn, and all that stuff, and, and they would look at me and, you know, mock me in a loving way, but mock me nonetheless. Well, last night was the first Grammy Awards show were Joe's at college. So Heidi is all set. And let me tell you something. When when I tell you about the preparations, it's a little bit like us watching, um, you know, the World Series or the Super Bowl or the Stanley Cup, right? you got plans. You've got the way you're going to do it. You're making certain food. Well, the Grammys are just not my thing. They just aren't. 
And she said, uh, well, um, do you want to watch the Grammys with me? I, I guess I was supposed to hesitate a little bit, but... But the, that was like the no herd round the neighborhood. Oh, no, no, no. I am busy overseeing my eBay empire at the moment as we're engaged in this whole fun-sizing stuff. And I said, no, I, I just can't. I can't. So she was seated at the bar. That's that's kind of where we eat dinner. Right? Well, not even kind of. That is where we eat dinner. We don't have a, a formal dining room because, frankly, we just don't do a lot of formal dining. Oh, we eat, but we're not doing any formal dining. And when we entertain, we love having people sit at the bar. It's curved, so you can see everybody and interact and what have you. So she's sitting there. She's all alone, but she's watching it, uh, having dinner, and I'm having dinner with her. This is like the, I don't know, the pregame of the Grammys. And I don't know who any of the people are who are talking, but I can tell you, just as a default position, hated them all. Hated every last one of the pinheads that was on there. Then, well, guess what happens? Then it's time to move. And she's going to move from the bar because we've had our dinner. And now she is headed over to, uh, we always jokingly call it, the command chair. Big chair, big screen, got her sound bar. She's ready to roll. And it was just so sad. I mean, I, I, I honest to goodness, felt so bad about her having to watch this by herself and i i actually texted joe and i said oh my gosh could you i don't know just just call mom please reach out to her she's she is so 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 uh uh, lonely and i don't know if he did or not because i went downstairs Again, I've got this uh, face the, uh, the uh, eBay empire that I'm overseeing. I've sold a whole slew of stuff. I really have. Just, just things that I enjoyed. And here's the way I'm looking at it. I keep talking about fun sizing, right? And you always hear people talking about downsizing. Uh, we're gonna, you know, we're retiring. We're moving. We're going. We're do okay. Well, but we're we're not retiring or moving or any of that stuff. I mean, we might. Well, we will at some point, but not not soon. Well, not tomorrow, anyway. But I have all of these wonderful things I've accumulated over the years. And I know, I know that um, while I've, I've enjoyed them, and they've brought, they've brought me great pleasure throughout the years, uh, my, my, my boys have no interest in this sort of stuff. Heidi certainly doesn't have any interest in it. So uh, some of my patches. Now, these are not, these are not patches that were given to me personally it's just patches i've accumulated over the years and i used to have a couple of thousand and i've just kind of traded them or or offered them as gifts to some folks and now i'm i'm selling a bunch of them that don't have any personal meaning i want to make that very very clear uh these are just patches that i had in the collection so i'm busy with that and i had a whole slew of new york patches well i, I don't have any connection to new york city and i'm frankly very happy about that now that i think about it right are you not happy that you don't have to put up with smog or 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 the congestion or the commutes or the illegal aliens who are now getting credit cards that you're paying for you see what i'm saying so i had a whole slew of very unique new york city patches that haven't been used some of them in in 40 or 50 years and some of them were never used believe it or not they were prototypes as the department was putting together a new patch. And so I had them, and I, I, I put them up, and 
what brings me great pleasure is that the uh, the guys uh, who bought them, because there was one guy, man, he was just on a tear yesterday. Everything that I put up, boom, instant buy for him because it was New York and he's a New York City cop and found out he's also a member of Shamram. Shamram, for those who don't know, is the organization of Jewish police officers. It is a very small group, yeah. But he's he's a member of the New York chapter. And, and so I said, hey, I got a whole bunch of this stuff. What I want, what I really love is the fact that this is this is kind of what you're about, right? So uh, you're the guy. Let, I'm going to let you take a look at them first. And so he bought a whole bunch of them, and I went to the post office this morning, and he should have them the next day or two. And for me, just personally, I thought, well, there's a guy who's going to enjoy them. And I came up to to file a report every time i get an ebay sale i take a screenshot and then i text it to heidi oh take a look at this hey you told me it wasn't worth anything right so boom and then i came up to uh, refill my beverage and uh, she just was so sad and forlorn watching the uh, the grammys all by herself and so she really needs her space which is why she she's working with picture perfect sheds pictureperfectsheds.com i'm gonna tell you about them in a second actually uh but she's putting together her music chalet and then she'll uh, she'll be entertaining folks that way and that that'll be cool uh, i think the primaries are over right are they over uh, Joe Biden apparently won 96%, 97% of the vote in South Carolina. And the thing that nobody mentioned was 4% of the Democrat voters actually turned out to vote. What does that tell you? There's nobody on that side of the aisle who's excited about this guy. They know that he's a buffoon. They understand he's a boob. They get that he's he's just brought this gang of grifters to the White House, and, and they get it as well. They're not interested in him. So I know that the the White House and the uh, the legacy news media hacks, man, they are just beating the heck out of that number. Ninety five percent of South Carolina uh, Democrats who came out to vote voted for Joe Biden. Yeah. So that's what uh, nine and a half people out of ten. It's not a lot of people. Nobody's excited about, it, which is good. NBC, NBC, hardly part of our vast right wing conspiracy, man. Uh, they are out now with new polling that shows Donald Trump at the moment has a five point lead over Joe Biden. You and I both know we're not having the election tomorrow, and it's a long way to go. And as the White House and that side just continues to sort of cook the books, um, we, we may see those numbers change. But I personally, personally believe people are just sick and tired of it. They're sick and tired of being told that uh, they have more money than they have. They're sick and tired of being told that everything is just fine. They're sick and tired of being told that bringing... Two million, three million, ten million illegal aliens into the nation is actually a good thing. Everybody understands it's not. And the the wars that are going on, I, I still don't understand what we're doing with Ukraine. Can't understand it. Uh, Israel, I understand. I see it up close and personal. But I'm just here to tell you. We got a lot of problems. And as we look at these numbers, and, and I always urge you, please... Please, please, don't get sucked into any poll numbers, good, bad, or indifferent. Just be aware of them. And be aware of what your circle is saying to you. What are you thinking? If you're like most of us, you're thinking, I don't have as much money today as I did four years ago. Uh, my salary is not as good as it was four years ago. Things are more expensive than they were four years ago. 
And we know who's responsible, right? Yeah, we do. Everybody knows who's responsible. All right, so we got a lot of great stuff coming up this afternoon. My buddy Jimmy Galliano, retired supervisory special agent from the FBI, is going to be with us at 3.33. You know, the Jimmy's joining us now every other Monday. And I'm just so excited to talk to him. You know, we chatted a little bit about uh, the DEI impact on the FBI. Uh, we also have to talk about Mar-a-Lago, because apparently there's a new report out that says the FBI agents at Mar-a-Lago uh, just were not quite operating by the book. And you and I have seen the video. It's horrifying video. The images are just disgusting of illegal aliens in New York City attacking, beating up New York City police officers who don't seem to do anything at all. So we'll be talking about all of that with uh, Jimmy G. We'll do that at 3.33. 4.33, he is back from a visit to the island of laryngitis, which is good. Glad to have him back, my buddy Carl Carlson. And uh, we will talk economics and uh, jobs reports and markets and all that good, good stuff. Oh! Can I quickly, I know I'm overtime, Germ, stop yelling at me, I can hear you miles away, but I know, uh, I just want to say welcome home, welcome back to uh, to my friend Emily Morrissey. Yeah, you know, Emily was off on this big cruise and seeing the Caribbean and hanging out on beaches and doing all sorts of fun stuff, but I got her photo today, she is back at work, working hard, making the most amazing bracelets, and you know where you get them, right? Emily's Bracelets. So welcome back, Emily. Good to have you here. Nice to see your smile. 315, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. Three twenty-one, Jeff Gantz, News Radio WRVA. Don't you dare forget! You can always reach out to us on the Chronic Care of Richmond text line eight three three eight zero four eleven forty eight three three eight zero four eleven forty. Quick reminder, because I got people reaching out to me, Jeff. What is the deal with politics and pints? Okay, I hate to say this, but here's the deal. Urgh, you know who said that? Yeah, all right. but anyway, here's the deal. Uh, the deal is we're getting ready to do our eighth iteration of Politics and Pints. And I, as we speak, I, I because I don't want to mess up the date. I'm looking at my calendar again. Yep, it is still Wednesday, March the 20th. It's at the historic Beacon Theater in Hopewell. And uh, we will have tickets going on sale, I, I'm told, by the boss very, very soon. It's the best I could do for you. I no seriously. I wish I could tell you. Yep, this is the day, or the, I I can't. But I am telling you that if if you've got uh, your phone handy, put that date in there. Save the date, Wednesday, March the twentieth, again, at the uh, historic Beacon Theater in Hopewell. And as soon as those tickets go on sale, I swear to you, sure as I'm sitting here, I will let you know. You do not want to miss any of that. I got a big event coming up in uh, April. Really looking forward to this. The uh, Prince George Patriots, the wonderful, wonderful hockey team comprised of law enforcement officers. They are going to be doing a very special game. It's all uh, to help the uh, various charities, various uh, fundraisers, rather, uh, related to autism. And so I am looking forward to being there. You know, I'm the honorary captain of the Prince George Patriots, and so... 
I will be at uh, Skate Nation. That is going to be on April the 27th. I'll be doing the puck drop. I always, always uh, enjoy stuff like that. And if I can help my guys, I want to help my guys. Had the chance Saturday night help out the great members of the Ashland Police Department. It was the ninth annual Police Officers Ball. Uh, the Ashland Police Foundation does such great work supporting the members of the Ashland Police Department. And they asked me if I would come out and help out a little bit. And I was, look, do I have a choice? I don't. Because I look at those men, I look at those women and say, wow, God bless you. Thank you for what you're doing. You want me to come and read a couple of announcements, say a couple of words? <laughs> yeah, that, that's easy. And you're going to feed me uh, gourmet food? I am in. I'll let you know about the 10th annual Ashland Police Ball as it gets closer. Jimmy Galliano is going to be joining us in just a moment. Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. It is Monday afternoon. we got a lot of stuff that uh, we are covering, to be sure. And, you know, one of the things that uh, I just want to pass along is how beautiful it is. Goodness gracious, what an amazing day. 60 degrees, sunny, uh, no humidity. Uh, we, we don't have any uh, bad weather even in the offing, so that's pretty good. We got You know what we have to do? We'll have to thank Matt DiNardo over at uh, ABC8 because he's he's our weather guru and he he pulls all those strings and you know if it snows or rains when you don't want it to snow or rain we we blame Matt but uh, given that it's uh, it's a beautiful day I'll I'll give him credit yeah I absolutely will a little bit later this week we've got uh, Brian Maloney joining us Brian is uh, is a dear friend for for I don't know thirty some odd years one of the uh, most astute political analyst that I have ever, ever, ever known, and I'm just so happy that he's going to be with us every other week, and then as we get closer to the actual election, we're bumping him up to a uh, a weekly spot, so that that's good, that's good, I'm looking forward to that. Oh, and Todd Starn's going to be here, Todd, as you know, nationally syndicated, he's uh, on our radio station, we're happy to be his affiliate, affiliate rather in Central Virginia. He has a brand new book coming out, and uh, we will talk with him a little bit about that again a little bit later this week. Just oh, some amazing stuff. Uh, every other week now, my, my friend Jimmy Galliano, a retired supervisory special agent from the FBI, joins us. And I asked Jimmy to, to put that laser beam focus on law enforcement issues, public safety issues. Uh, we've got a lot of them that we're dealing with right now, and I'm, I'm just thrilled to welcome Jimmy to the program. Jimmy, thank you for being here. Jeffrey, how are you, sir? I am doing well, and I, I, I don't want you to take it the wrong way, but right now it is 60 degrees and bright sunshine here in Virginia. My man, I hate to say this, but in New York, it's actually um, it, it's actually pretty comfortable right now. We, we don't know why, but uh, I don't want to use the S word because then we'll get a bunch of the white stuff, and we don't want that. But, uh, yeah, I don't want to suggest that Puxatawney Phil was, was right and that spring is coming <laughs> earlier than we expected, but it feels that way up here too, bro. Well, good, good. I am glad that we are both... Uh placing our meteorological uh, bets on a uh, furry rat. I mean, this is good. We, we, we clearly are uh, <laughs> we're with the team, man. Hey, uh, Jimmy, I saw a video the other day, and to say that I was, I, I was nauseated. I was absolutely sick to my stomach as I watched a group of, 
uh, illegal aliens attacking, beating New York City police officers. And unless I missed it, it didn't it didn't even look like these cops were fighting back. Yeah, um, Jeff, repulsive, repugnant. Um, what we witnessed on camera, you would think that this would move the needle in New York. But um, unfortunately, again, up in Albany, which is the seat of our government here in the state of New York, um, the supermajority that the Dems have up there can't seem to figure out a way to fix bail reform. They can't figure out a way to deal with these Soros prosecutors like Alvin Bragg in Manhattan, who you can fight a cop, you can punch a cop, and that is not a offense that allows a judge to levy bail. Um, it, it is absolutely baffling. And not only that, but you have people, like you said, these are illegal aliens. Yes, I know that they claim to be asylum seekers. Uh, I know that the left prefers the term migrants, and many of them are good people that are seeking a better way of life. However, none, I shouldn't say none, but the vast majority of them are not going to be considered asylum seekers. They're not going to get that, um, to get that privilege to stay in this country because they have been, you know, vetted and determined that yes, they are under an oppressive regime and there's threats on their life. And yes, they, they need to find sanctuary here. So here's what happened. You saw the video. It was literally nauseating of these migrants. I'll use that term, even though you're right, they're legal aliens. Um, what did they do? They fought, scuffled with cops, punched them, kicked them. And then when they were released from prison, because they got arrested finally, and they showed up before a judge, the judge's hands are tied in New York state. A judge can't keep somebody behind bars due to dangerousness or because they beat up a cop. Um, they got released. Where did they go? No one knows right now. They could be in Florida. They could be in Massachusetts. Jeff, they could be down in Virginia right now. No one knows. Wow. I, I noticed as well, Jimmy, the one uh, giving a double bird to whoever it was taking the photos. Look, I, 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 I am not hiding the fact that I consider myself uh, somewhat right of center, and I am absolutely uh, much more conservative, I know, than many of the uh, fine folks in the state of New York. But are you telling me that even on the left up there, even the Democrats, somebody has to has to know a cop, has to have a cop in the family, just has, have, has to have kids that they'd like to be safe? They can't see what's going on, or they just choose not to see it? No, Jeff, they can see it. It, it. It's the fact that, you know, the, the normal left, um, the left that, that we grew up with, the, the Tip O'Neill left, yeah. the moderate yep. Democrats, yep. Um, they are beholden to the far left progressives. And, and you look in Congress, it's the squad. Um, it's, you know, it's the AOCs. It's the Cory Bushes. It's the Jamal Bowmans. It's the folks like that in Congress that um, are really kind of right now hijacked the Democrat Party. Party and and turn it into this this party that is afraid to push back, that's afraid to say enough is enough is enough. And in this instance, um, I, I know it's cynically been said that the reason why they're allowing you know the the thousands and thousands and thousands of unvetted migrants to cross the border every day is because they're preparing themselves to build.
build a, a better voting base going forward. Uh, that may be cynical, but it's also dangerous. And again, we're not worried about the poor family that lives in, you know, um, that, that lives in Matamoros, Mexico, and is trying to come up here for a better way of life, right? Mm-hmm. We're concerned about bad state actors like, you know, Russia and Korea, North Korea and, and China and, and Iran um, and getting people across the border that way. We share a 2,000-mile border with Mexico. We know that it is not a secure border right now. And then when you see what happened in New York, the incident that you referenced there, they're spitting in our faces. They know that they're not going to be remanded to jail. They can beat up cops. They get released and they disappear, Jeff. And that's where we are right now. Incredible. I want to remind everybody that Jimmy Galliano is joining us. Jimmy, uh, amongst his uh, resume of accomplishments, retired after a distinguished career with the Federal Bureau of Investigations, uh, working on his Ph.D., graduate of West Point, uh, I believe one of the number one fans of Jake's Place here in Ashland. So, I mean, he's got a pedigree. You got a pedigree, brother. You got uh, this all together. Uh, you know, Jimmy, one of the things when we hear about asylum... Uh, again, I, I'm I'm not the brightest guy in the room, but I read the law. I read the, everything about it that I could find. You have to stop, or in theory, you have to stop in the first nation that's available to you. You can't you can't go on this sightseeing tour till you get to the United States. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And yet, there we are. Yeah, Jeff, two things. First of all, Jake's Place, you got it. I am the number one fan of that place. I've only been there once because the greatest radio show host in the history of Central Virginia and and points beyond took me there one time, and it was a complete thrill. It was an excellent place. Um, And then to to help your listeners out with with what you're describing. So what that says is, when you're seeking asylum, you are supposed to stop in the first country outside the border of the country you are fleeing from, and you're to seek asylum there. But that's not what happens. Many of these migrants are from Central America. And as your listeners know, Central America is below Mexico. So they travel across a number of countries, whether it's El Salvador, Honduras, but they make their way up to Mexico. They cross into Mexico. They travel through Mexico, and then they cross the Mexican-U.S. border, the southern border. So your point is right. We're just not enforcing the laws anymore, Jeff. And that's the thing, too. Why have these laws on the books if we're just going to ignore them? Things were working. They weren't 
perfect, but they were working under the Trump administration. But when President Biden came in, he decided to throw all these policies out and start from scratch. And that's why more people have illegally crossed the border from Mexico into the United States under President Biden than any other president before him. Jimmy, listeners may or may not know you served as the legat, right? The, the, the legal attache for the FBI in Mexico for a period of time. So uh, you had boots on the ground. You know uh, what was happening there prior to what's happening now. How is it possible for tens of thousands of people to go marching through Mexico, allegedly claiming, oh, yeah, we're, we're just seeking asylum? Yeah, and Jeff, I did. I spent two years there. You and I have talked about it, uh, about it a number of times. And, and and there's a there's a ton of problems that we have at at the border. And obviously, you know, illicit drugs, fentanyl, and 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 how many Americans on a daily basis are dying because of you know fentanyl being brought across the border. It used to just be heroin and and marijuana and cocaine, and and now fentanyl has become you know a a huge problem, a huge narcotic that. Uh, um, is is taking the lives of of young kids. That's the big thing too. These are teenagers that are dying from this, um, and it's coming from Mexico. It's coming through Mexico. The other thing is human trafficking. You know, you've got young kids, especially young girls, that are being trafficked. They're being brought into the United States to be used essentially as human sex slaves, um, and that is the big problem with a porous border. But the left has convinced us that you know if we demand that we have a secure border, we're xenophobes, we're racists, we're, you know, we, we hate the poor. It's, it's all those kind of those ridiculous tropes and canards. And that's what we're struggling with right now. And, and look, I, I, I heard that, you know, the, the Democrats are making a big play over the fact that, hey, they brought a quote unquote comprehensive immigration bill, um, you know, to the Senate and then for Congress to look at and look, the right doesn't want to do anything about it. It's so ridiculous. It's so, it basically wants to give blanket amnesty again. So everybody that's in the country illegally right now would be granted some type of path to citizenship, which isn't fair and isn't right to the people that stand in line and do it the right way. But yeah, that is, that, that is the implications of this, Jeff. It's not just that we're having more people come to this country and, and, you know, we've got to find work for them. We've got to give them health care in, in New York City. They're providing them basically like debit cards to pay for food for them. I mean, the cost of the taxpayer is astronomical, but beyond that, Jeff, there's just no vetting process. And I think that's what confer- that, that's what, you know, makes people worry the most. Absolutely. Jimmy Galliano joining us, retired supervisory special agent from the FBI. Jimmy, let's let's talk a little bit about the uh, the bureau. You devoted uh, a quarter century to service with the FBI. We chatted about that uh, report on DEI in the past about how that is really according to some destroying the bureau from the inside out. There's also a report out today talking about the uh, special agents who served a warrant or raided, you know, it depends who's sharing the story, uh, Mar-a-Lago. And, and I'm, I'm just curious, as you looked at that and looking at it now in the, uh, the rearview mirror, was that handled properly? 
So, Jeff, um, you know, that you're talking about the, um, you know, the search warrant that was executed back in 2022. And obviously much has been made about that. And I think the biggest issue um, in regards to this August 2022, um, yeah, the term, you can use the term raid. It was the execution of, of a search warrant at, at uh, the former president's property down in Mar-a-Lago in Florida was the different way that the Justice Department handled it versus the way that they handled the current president having classified documents stored in his garage in Delaware in the back seat of a of a muscle car and i think that's the problem that people have it's like it's it's not the equal dispensation of justice. It looks like it's one way, right? You go hard after the, the, the kooks on January 6th that tried to breach the Capitol or that entered the Capitol, and you righteously punish them. But then you ignore the months and months and months and months of Antifa and Black Lives Matter riots and the burning and immolation of police stations and the, the attacks on a federal courthouse in, in Portland. You treat them differently. That's the issue here. Now, um, it's back in the news again because apparently special counsel Jack Smith's team um, has been, I guess, questioning the fact that there were several locations inside of Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago residence that essentially were not searched. And one was some secret room that may have been there. A lot of rich people have safe rooms and in, in places where they store documents or they store their, you know, money and jewelry and and and, and things like that. Um, and they're questioning right now whether or not. Um, um, all the documents were were seized that needed to be seized. And Jeff, here's the thing. Donald Trump's attorneys were, you know, having conversations with the Department of Justice and the special counsel about turning over these documents. The president had said that, nope, he had declassified them and they, and they weren't classified anymore and he was able to keep them. And the Department of Justice disagreed, which is their right to do. And there was a back and forth, a negotiation, and this was the proper approach to take. In the middle of the negotiations, the DOJ decided that they were going to go ahead and execute this search warrant. So this is going to be interesting. I don't know how this plays out. Uh, I don't know if it's a black eye in the FBI. I hope it's not. But obviously, if it turns out to be, we'll discuss it on, a, on another radio appearance. But um, it's going to be interesting to see what, what comes of this because it's made news and for the right reasons. Jimmy Galliano joining us, retired supervisory special agent from the FBI. Jimmy, one of the uh, the many things that you do uh, in terms of giving back, God, you give back so much, but uh, you serve on the board of directors for the Law Enforcement Legal Defense Fund. We, we, we chat about it, or we try to chat about it every time that you're here. Uh, would you remind everybody exactly what it does and, and, and how we can help? Jeff, truly appreciate the opportunity you always give me, and yes, um, your listeners can go to policedefense.org. That's policedefense.org, and that is the website for the Law Enforcement Legal Defense Fund. It's an organization that was started back in 1995 by former Attorney General Edwin Meese, and its goal is simply to provide material support to police officers, state troopers, federal agents who have been unjustly accused of a crime. So if they're suspended, if they're fired, if they have a difficult time supporting their family while they're dealing with spurious charges, we support them. We don't support every 
case of a fired cop, we go through a very meticulous process in selecting them. And any of your listeners that want to help by donating can go to our site and they can choose a particular officer. Maybe it's an officer in Midlothian or Stafford County, Virginia or Richmond, somebody that they can connect to and they can help support that family where they go through a tough time. Jeff, thanks as always, because you always give me an opportunity to, to promote the website and I truly appreciate that. No, it's, uh, it's, it's vital work that the organization's uh, doing. Uh, I remind everybody as well, there, there, there's, a, there's a store there. There's a shop. You can show your support. You can uh, uh, purchase shirts, hats, all, all of that good stuff. Now, Jimmy, uh, I thank you, number one, for being here. And I want to remind you that you are overdue for a visit to Central Virginia. I am, as we speak, I am chilling tartar sauce for your hush puppies, I I I I, I I've seen it with my my own eyes. That's how you eat them, and so we are eagerly awaiting the return of Jimmy Galliano. Just remind them to put aside one Jeff Cat sandwich with my name on it. You got it, brother. Thank you, my friend. That is Jimmy Galliano, retired supervisory special agent from the FBI. Absolutely the best of the best, salt of the earth. And uh, he joins us now every other Monday with this great perspective on legal issues, law enforcement issues, public safety issues. Tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., my friend John Reed will be here. Make sure you join him on News Radio WRVA. Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. It is Monday afternoon. It is gorgeous. Goodness. I, I just honestly, I cannot get past the fact how beautiful it is right now. 60 degrees with bright sunshine. Man, I will take that every day of the week. Uh, my friend Carl Carlson is going to be along a little bit later today. I want to remind you about that. 433 joins us every Monday afternoon. Does a great job. Uh, taking a look at uh, what is or is not going on in the economy, in the world of business, uh, how it impacts us. You're probably getting ready, as most of us are, for uh, taxes, correct? Yeah. Uh, I don't know how your compensation is structured, but uh, at the end of the year, I get the uh, the W-2 and then a bunch of these 1099s and this other stuff. So uh, it's, it's always fascinating to me to go through the uh, the little adventure that is our tax system and i don't know if it's any better anywhere else but i don't think it's going to get any better if you're bringing uh, 20 million illegal aliens into the country because because that, that that's part of the explanation for this absolutely appalling abysmal uh, senate proposal oh we need more people for social security well, yeah, but you're putting more people on social security if this does not make clear that Social Security is the biggest Ponzi scheme to ever come down the pike. Honestly, I don't know what else I can show you. Ponzi schemes, by definition, involve taking money from new participants to pay old participants. What do you think this is? It is a Ponzi scheme. There was a time when Social Security first came around... The number was, oh, let me ballpark here, say 20 people working, paying in, supporting one person who's retiring. And then the numbers got smaller and smaller. Now, man, you might as well know the one person who's going to be paying your Social Security personally at this point. 
Well, that's why we need the illegal aliens. I mean, the migrants, the undocumented. Well, what, what did what did Mayorkas call them the other day? Irregular migrants. The hell does that mean? You have to start handing out x uh, Irregular, I, you know. They all look like Mark Warner. Uh, you, sir, you tell me. You look at Mark Warner and, and tell me honestly. Does he not always look like he's... He's making a grumpy. I'm telling you, he's, he always has that look on his face. So irregular migrants. So you got to prop up the system. And then what happens? Here's the, here's the flip side of it. These are now voters, correct? And that's the whole point of the latest push for amnesty. And for so-called Republicans over there in the U.S. Senate, Mitch McConnell and some of these other nitwits who are on board with this, uh, you guys got to go. You've just got to go. It's time. Uh, Frankly, it was time 20 years for you. But it's definitely time now. Anybody who cares for this country and votes to re-elect any of those idiot Republicans in the U.S. Senate who are pushing this, you need to have your head examined. Mike Lee uh, points out, he's a U.S. Senator, as you know, he says Senate GOP leadership screwed this up, and they screwed us, even while refusing to let us see the bill they claim to be negotiating on our behalf for months. They were never in doubt insisting we'd be dumb and even unpatriotic not to support it. This is a disqualifying betrayal. Yep. Jim Langford from Oklahoma became the face of this nonsense. But Schmuck Schumer, the uh, the leader of the uh, the leftists in the Senate, Made it very clear it's always been Mitch McConnell calling the shots. He's the one who made the decisions on this for Republicans. Uh, Schmuck Schumer said, quote, I have never worked more closely with Leader McConnell on any piece of legislation as we did on this. Sell out. Sell out. And they, they, they just can't, can't be allowed to win on this one. Again, Mike Lee, this is worse than bad negotiation. It's betrayal. The Senate GOP can, in fact, stop it if 41 Republicans stand together. Well, not even just Republicans, just 41 members of the U.S. Senate. I I will be curious to see exactly what happens. Some of these so-called Republicans in the U.S. Senate are in the tank. You know that, and I know that. This bill would allow 8,500 illegal aliens every day, 365 days per year, to come across the border, and nothing, I repeat, nothing can or will be done. But if you are unfortunately illegal alien 8,501, apparently, I guess we chat with you. I, I mean, we don't arrest anybody for these crimes. We, we, we have gotten past the... The piece of uh, performance art, the Kabuki Theater, where the Border Patrol used to issue, uh, essentially what what it amounted to was uh, like a desk appearance ticket. Here you go. You have to show up in immigration court in, uh, let's uh, 12 years from today. Good luck. We don't even bother with that anymore. We just wave everybody through. Border Patrol, Customs and Border Protection, assigned to the southern border. I'm telling you. 
They're babysitters, and they might as well be drivers for Uber Eats. They, they might as well be delivery drivers. It's crazy. And now you're telling me this is the solution. Oh, we're, we're going to uh, 8500 every single day. Wow. Why, why would anybody agree to that? Here's an idea. Zero. How about that? You have a border, you have a nation. You don't have a border, you don't have a nation. If somebody along the way has said, yeah, we're, we're just not really into this whole having a nation thing, all right, at least have, have, have some honesty, have the integrity to stand up and say that's what you really believe. And you know what's weird? You, you, you may not realize it. That's what the left wants. The left doesn't want any borders. They do not want any borders at all. Why? Well, I don't know. Part of it, I think, is that they, well, they just don't love this country. If you, throughout the years, have looked at immigration into the United States, what have we seen? We have seen people who came for a better life. That's true. But not everybody who wants a better life gets to come. That's the way the process has worked in the past. Well, America offers more opportunities. Absolutely, but not everybody gets to come because we cannot have everyone who wants to come here, come here. And there had been a process. There was a vetting process. We, we knew who people were. We understood what their support framework was. And people who came here were so grateful for the opportunity to come to the United States and begin a life in this nation. They became, I would dare say, some of the proudest Americans you would ever see. I look at my grandparents' generation. Each of my grandparents came from somewhere in Europe. One grandfather from Austria. One grandmother from Poland. The other two came from Russia. Technically now it might be Ukraine, but uh, call it Russia at the time. They all, by the way, they spoke other languages. They spoke Russian, they spoke German, they spoke Polish, they spoke Yiddish. And they wouldn't speak any of them in front of the children. Because they were Americans. That's what they told us. It's part of me that regrets that they wouldn't share the languages with us. Because I would love to be able to speak Russian or, or Polish or Yiddish. But they said, absolutely not. And I can remember the conversations and they said in English, in front of us, not in front of the grandchildren, not in front of the children. Uh-uh, we're Americans. Do you see that at all now? Now we have the, the government apparatus changing and telling people there's not even any need to learn how to speak English. Ballots printed in 25 different languages. Services available in 25 different languages. There's no incentive. And there also doesn't seem to be any pride on the part of illegal aliens. And there is the underlying lie, the untruth. Well, we're seeking asylum. You better know what that really means. If you are fleeing a nation where you are going to be killed, where you are going to be wrongly imprisoned, you're going to be tortured, well, then you can make an asylum claim. But the asylum claim, under all laws, say that you have to make that asylum claim in the first nation you come to after fleeing the nation you claim is going to hurt you. You do not get to go on a, uh, a little jaunt through a half a dozen other countries on your way to the United States. 
That's what Remain in Mexico was all about that former President Trump had in place. I don't know what the uh, backroom maneuverings are, but under the law, 99.9% of the people who are here illegally absolutely positively do not qualify for asylum. They've come here, truthfully, because they do want a better life. They want economic opportunities, which is fantastic, but that is not asylum. And you're not entitled to come here any more than I am entitled to say, you know, your house looks nicer than mine. Don't mind me. I'm going to be here. I'm going to be uh, taking a nap on your couch. I'm eating your potato chips. Yeah, I'm going to wear my underwear as well. In other words, I'm not going to follow any of the rules you've set up, and you can't kick me out of your house. Does that make sense to anyone? I didn't think so. Don't forget, all of this, all of this is uh, shared with you via social media as well. Uh, please give me a follow over on X, Jeff Katz Show on X, Jeff Katz Show on X, and Facebook, The Jeff Katz Show. Follow The Jeff Katz Show on Facebook. It is 415 Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. 421. Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA, on a Monday afternoon. We've got uh, announcements coming up. Tickets for Politics and Pints will be going on sale soon. <laughs> we do know the dates. I mean, that that's a start, right? Yeah, it is March the 20th, Wednesday, March the 20th, at the historic Beacon Theater in Hopewell. Yet again, what a beautiful, beautiful facility. I mean, really, honest to goodness. Uh, it is uh, a great, great time to uh, come out for that. Again, March the 20th at uh, the Historic Beacon Theater. The details on the next See the World with Jeff and Heidi adventure. Oh, we've got another one locked in. And I, I'm so excited. I, I think I know the start date for us to talk about it, but I don't know the exact start date. So I can't start talking about it right now. But, oh. I, it, it just stand by. That's all I could do. And you know what we got next hour? We got tickets for the uh, the big ABBA uh, tribute band. They're coming again. I think this is the third year in a row that they're going to be at uh, Chesterfield County After Hours, uh, River City Sportsplex. My buddy Matt Krieger. You know who else is coming, right? Yeah, Aaron Lewis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I will absolutely be there for Aaron. And if you've not seen this uh, ABBA band, it's just such great fun. It really, really is. Uh, I know Heidi has gone, I think Heidi's gone twice to see him. That's just how much fun they are. So we've got a pair of tickets, and we'll give those away to you. Uh, Germ, let's say one hour from now. Let's do it in the uh, 5 o'clock hour. I do have uh, Carl Carlson who's going to be with us in a matter of moments. Uh, I, I don't know if it's good, bad, or indifferent as we take a look at uh, what's happening to the markets, what's happening with the economy. And then I look at a few other things that are, God, they just they make your hair hurt. The state of Maine has a piece of legislation that they might very well pass into law. God, I hope not, but it would allow the state of Maine to take children away from parents. Why? Why? Because you might not go along with their gender change behavior right so so we have this whole idea that boys can be girls and girls can be boys and now it starts at a younger and younger and younger and younger age and the state of maine says you know we know better than you 
We know better for your children than you do. We know better for your children than your children do. Uh-huh. They are proposing, debating, discussing as we speak a bill that would allow the state of Maine to simply seize children from parents if the parents don't go along with this idea that your daughter now says, oh, she wants to be your son, or your son now says, oh, I want to be your daughter. This is getting into very, very dangerous territory. I, I, I don't know where it winds up. I really don't. But I do want you to be aware of that. And because you have the left around the country, around the country pushing this stuff, it may not be here in Virginia today, but you've seen the way that the Virginia Democrats work. You know as well as I do exactly how they work. And they find the craziest ideas from the craziest places, and then they say, well, let's pitch them here. Let's see what happens. Maybe we, uh, we get something to go along with it. This is why it is so very, very important, very, very important, that we not allow Abigail Spamberger or any of these other leftists, these uber-leftist Democrats, to be in the governor's mansion. It, because they would simply go along with all of this crap. And thank God right now we have Governor Glenn Youngkin who's going to be vetoing this, but in a couple of years might not be the case. It's 426, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRBA. 433, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRBA. It is Monday. It's a beautiful Monday, but it is, you know, Monday. Uh, 60 degrees, though, I'll take that. Bright sunshine and all that good stuff. Julia's actually getting a chance to play outside, which is fantastic. Got a chance to see Julia's friend as uh, was getting Julia off the bus. I'm telling you, it's become the highlight of my day in many ways. Is this young man in the morning always says, good morning, Julia's dad, and then I get Julia off the bus. Good, good, good evening, good afternoon, Julia's dad. Have an awesome evening. You betcha. I mean, it just, oh. It's just great stuff. All right, listen, uh, we have a lot we have to talk about. And, uh, you know, when we talk about uh, retirement, we talk about planning, we talk about the market, we talk about the impacts, uh, inflation, and uh, what the Fed may or may not do. Uh, my buddy uh, Carl Carlson from Carlson Financial is my go-to guy. And I, I tell you right up front, Heidi and I are trusting uh, Carl and his team to get us over the finish line, so to speak. And uh, then take care of Julia forever and ever. So uh, they got a heavy lift, but they're they're doing it. And Carl joins us on Mondays. Carl, good afternoon, my friend. Hey, Julia's dad, how you doing? I am doing okay. Thank you so much. That is the highest title I have ever earned, and I'll tell you what, it's the best one. That's right. Yeah, it is. That it is, is right. Yeah. Now I heard is it Jerome Powell is playing the part of the Fed chair, right? In the latest uh, production of the of the Fed. Uh, that's correct yeah yep. he said he's not in any rush to lower these interest rates what gives well i think uh i really don't think the whole inflation thing is quite over yet you think okay well no. think, yeah. yeah yeah i'm still paying 15 bucks for a hamburger and uh, you're not wimpy. You're not telling them I'll give you 15 bucks tomorrow for the burger today. You're actually buying the burger today. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. 
it's so, gonna it's still gonna take a while for in you know inflation is just doesn't just go away that easily when you're pumping all that money yeah. into the economy. So what do you think 2024 is going to shape up as? I mean, here we are, we're in February, and, you know, last year we heard, hey, there's a, there's a recession, it's scheduled for 7.15 tomorrow morning, get ready for it, uh, and now, I don't know, so, so what do you see for 2024? Uh, that, that was, uh, I'm still being entertained by you here about the 7.15 tomorrow morning, <laughs> the recession starts, uh, yeah, this is going to be a, a bit of a tricky year to navigate uh, because of the whole election thing and uh, sometimes what some of the politicians can do to hide numbers and make things look sometimes better than they really are. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they can't do it. That shows up. I don't you know, when I'm reading what the analysts are saying, of course, there's they're, prob- they're predicting 40% chance, most of them. Okay. They, let's see. Jamie Dimon, though, is one that's only saying less than 20% chance of any okay. kind of a recession this year. So 40%, 20%. It wasn't that long ago they were, most of them, saying 80% chance. Right. So that's come down. That's good. Okay. I I think we can have, uh, I think this will be a year when there are opportunities in the stock market. We've already got some. Markets okay. done great so far this year. Right. Um, and I think we can still see some of that. I'm still a big believer in some of the big tech companies like Microsoft, for example, okay. that are going to see some massive benefits from AI. So that's a separate driver of the market, more than just the normal things that are happening. Okay. So I think that, and that's pulling, that's been pulling the market a lot. You know, the, um, these big tech companies, probably the top 10 of them make up 30, 40% of the S&P 500, 500 companies and 10 of them are making up 30% of that index. So they've been driving a lot of it. Oh, but that, and those are good companies to be invested in, I think, and I think that'll continue this year. And it'll continue, I think, even through the election. Oh, okay. I was, uh, that's, uh, that's a great point, because I, I do get the sense, and I don't know, just my sense that, that a lot of this stuff is manipulated is a strong word, but it is tied in with election season and and who can we make look good or bad or the rest of it right yeah 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 i agree with you so we have to be we have to be on the lookout for that and understand when that's what's actually impacting things you know they didn't want some of the numbers to look good i don't think the current administration they're going to prefer that the market does well sure so when a few of these things happen that shake it up a little bit, then that's probably real. Yeah. Let me ask you about retirement, Carl. And and you know, well, you know where where I am, where Heidi is, and all the rest of it. I'm looking at uh, a, an article that was done, and it actually it, it reflects our generation, uh, the the younger baby boomers. Right? You were born in the '60s. 
Uh, and here's here's the number, the dollar amount. Boomers born in the early 60s had saved an average of about $280,000 for retirement when they had reached their 50s. However, that is about $50,000 less than what their older counterparts had saved. Uh, the analysts say it's all because of the Great Recession. Number one, are they on point with that? And number two, if you're in that demo, can you make up fifty grand? Well, it's not easy because that's that's a big part of that is what hit them back in two thousand eight, nine, and ten. Yeah. And um, now, just realizing and working through that and seeing that you're behind, you got to work really hard. But it's not impossible. Okay. It's difficult to, you know, catch up, mm-hmm. but if you're catching up with someone that's not investing very well, it's easy. Okay. Okay. So you just need to find, you need to find the right person to guide your investment strategies to outperform what most of these other companies are doing. Tell me a little bit about how, how you and the team of Carlson Financial do that, because you're Again, you're the guys that Heidi and I are are trusting. We have these meetings. I, I, I don't understand anything that, that that you are talking about. But you know, I put on a nice face, and then I open these envelopes from Fidelity, and I say to Heidi, "Look, I still don't know what Carl was talking about, but he obviously was right." There we go. Right? <laughs> yes, exactly. And you do know what I'm talking about a little more than you might admit. <laughs> You're pretty good. You're pretty good with the financial stuff, Jeff. So, uh, yeah, you got to so, you build the house. A key thing to me is you need a foundation that's a solid part of your financial house. Yep. That's things like CDs, money markets, fixed annuities that go in that safe foundation. And then at this point, I think the key is to go on up to the roof then with the rest of the money and get the growth Mm -hmm. and get it with uh, these mega cap companies that are still, you know, they're not high risk. You're not rolling the dice with Apple stock or Microsoft stock, but you're getting some great returns. So, uh, but you have the safety there so that if you're withdrawing money or going to need to start withdrawing money within the next three to five years, you've put that safe piece in place. So when the stock market is down, you stop drawing money and you switch over and take money from the safe side. And then when the market comes back up, you just refill the safe side and start taking money from the market again. Build it that way and it'll be awesome. Okay. Now, I want you to explain to everybody, because I'm, I'm a little confused on this, um, the required distributions. What, what exactly is that, and what age does that kick in? So for a lot of people, that's age 73 now. Okay. If you're younger, they're actually starting to push it out to 75. But at 73, they're going to force people to take money out of their IRAs, even if you don't need it. So let's say you're, you've been living on your maybe a pension and a social security and you don't want to take money out of your IRA because it just adds to all those taxes you have to pay. Right. So you just left, leave it in there. Well, at age 73, the government's going to force you to start taking some out and, you're, and it's going to add to your tax burden. 
So that's where you also have to do tax planning to see if some of that money would make more sense being converted to a Roth IRA, depending on your current income situation. Well, and and for Roth, because I, I, again, honest to goodness, sitting with Heidi, uh, not yesterday, I think it was Saturday, I said, we are going to have to talk to Carl uh, about the Roth IRA, because you have, you get to do your taxes first, right, and then figure out if it's going to benefit you. Yeah. Yep. So that's one place where the IRS has done a good thing. <laughs> Don't With say it too loud thing. or they'll dial it back, Carl. You know, no, you got to fund it today, and and then we are. They've, done, the, a, they've done a good thing with a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, no, no. So, no. yeah. Okay. I, was at, I was doing a presentation at a uh, kind of a castle out in Colorado Springs, and the, the guy that sold it sold it in 1908 for what in today's money would be about $200 million. And um, he sold his business. He It was a railroad business. Okay. And he sold it. And uh, back then, that there was no, 1913 is when income taxes started. Oh. So 1908, if, if he would have sold that today for $200 million, he would have been paying $50 million in taxes. In that day, in 1908, he paid no taxes. Oh, Fifty right. million dollar difference on a two hundred million dollar sale. Well, I I long for the days of nineteen oh eight then, Carl, and somehow we have to figure <laughs> out right. how we <laughs> how do we get those days back? Exactly. We're uh, we're going to need those guys from Back to the Future. <laughs> the, oh, the last thing I, I want to uh, share this with you. I, I don't know if you saw it or not, but there was this record breaking auction the other day for a comic book, and I've never been a comic book fan, but. I'm thinking maybe it was, uh, what is it here, 61-year-old comic book, the copy of Amazing Spider-Man number one, $1.38 million. Not bad for a comic book. Not bad. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Am I in comic books, by the way, uh, as part of my uh, retirement uh, plan over there? Are we, are we heavy into Spider-Man? Uh, too many people sit in our lounge and kind of thumb through them. You know, uh, then they're not in perfect condition anymore. Forget it. I will tell you, I'm selling off some of my uh, my old patch collection. I'm like, uh, I got my little eBay empire. And while Heidi mocked me about it for years, I'm up $704, baby. So that's not bad. There you go. Yeah. For a minute there, I thought you were saying you were selling off some of those easy spirit (sighs) stocks you have. From from your lips to God's ears. Or in this case, from your lips to God's feet, I guess, is the way it would have to be. (laughs) All right, Carl, listen, I always send people, as you know, to connectwithcarlson.com. They download their free retirement toolkit. But what I really want is, is to get everybody a free dinner, a delicious dinner. What have you got coming up, my friend? Well, we're going to have to uh, see. I think I've given the team off uh, a couple of months. Oh, my goodness. What are we? Okay. I don't know what. Okay. Yeah, sometimes they seem to want a little bit of time off. Oh, the nerve of them. Wow. <laughs> no. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll send out a sternly worded memo to them, Carl. We'll be fine. Don't worry about it. We'll figure this yeah, out. Yeah, thank All you. Right. <laughs> well, in the meantime, then, they should just call you, right? That's the best way? Yep. Yeah, give us a call, 844-CARLSON, or you can reach out through our website, too, and set up a time to come see us directly online there, carlsonfinancial.com. 
All right. I love it. Thank you, my friend. That is Carl Carlson from Carlson Financial. All right. You're going to have to call. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but please reach out because these guys are the best. They are, they're taking care of stuff for me. They're taking care of stuff for Heidi. And then by extension, uh, they're helping out the kids and, and especially Julia as we move uh, further and further down the line. I, I, I trust Carl. I like Carl. And uh, I know you will as well. 844-CARLSON, 844-227-5766. Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRBA. 451, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRBA. A Monday afternoon. I don't want to take it the wrong way, but boy, I would rather be outside right about now. I, I'm, I've got the windows open here. In the uh, plaque shack or broadcast hut or remote, I don't know. I got to come up with a different name because I, I'm I'm really trying to dial back all the the plaque stuff because it's I, I don't know. I got pictures. I got such nice photos of experiences. You get to a certain point. I've realized. I know. I, I now I'm. I'm eh, you know, I'm back when I was a kid. No, no, no. I I don't mean it like that. But back when I was a kid. Uh, but you do get to a certain point in your life where you say, oh, you know what, it's experiences. It's really not stuff. And that's why I'm, I'm not having any difficulty getting rid of a lot of stuff, some of the stuff that I have collected over the years. Now, I will share this with you. I did collect license plates. I did. I got some really cool license plates from foreign countries and weird shapes and weird sizes. And I'm not putting those on eBay. Uh, my my friend, my, uh, my social media director, PJ Morrissey, he's collecting some license plates himself. And I said, well, you know what? It will give me a great deal of pleasure to give him some of the coolest ones and let him build his collection. You know? It's just really cool. And, and then I'm looking at some of the... Uh, the patches again. If if you have given me a patch from your agency, don't think I'm I'm getting rid of that. I'm just talking about stuff I I have accumulated over oh, gosh forty years. So some of that stuff is up on eBay, and some of the other stuff uh, that I've accumulated over the years. If you want anything from the White House, the U.S. Senate, or the House of Commons, eh, you'll find it up on eBay. <laughs> telling you that's making me feel good you know what else does listen to john reed i'll be listening tomorrow morning at six i expect to see you there on news radio wrba five oh three man day is flying by jeff katz news radio wrva Hey, it is Monday. Yeah, I know, I know, but it is. It's Monday. Uh, tomorrow, we'll talk a little bit about uh, Henrico County Public Schools. Do they still have the Hamas booster on staff? I mean, we all watched that uh, insane video. This uh, woman inside Deep Run High School actively supporting Hamas, a known terrorist organization. In fact, encouraging her students to support Hamas. And the, uh, the principal over there was on X and talked about, well, you know, different people see different things differently. And it's all through the prism. And blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, shut up. Please. How do, how do you see the slaughter of children and the rape of young girls? I mean, honestly, is that really a, uh, you know, a thing? Are you telling me? 
that uh, somewhere on the face of the planet is somebody who says, oh, yeah, well, you, you know, you go out and rape those younger. What, what's the big deal? What's the big deal? Well, the big deal is that it's wrong. <laughs> and there you go. What's that? Slaughtering children? Chopping heads off of babies? Well, you know, it all depends on how you see it. It doesn't depend on how you see it. It's either right or it's wrong. And make no mistake, it's wrong. And yet the uh, the principal over there, I guess, just doesn't have um, any problem with it. God, that's weird, huh? You would think there would be some basic things that everybody, everybody could agree on. Should we behead babies? No, sorry, I, I think that's wrong. Okay, that's an easy one. Should you... Uh, should you rape young girls? No, no, that's definitely wrong. That's about as easy as it gets. And yet, you have the teacher at Deep Run advocating for Hamas. It's despicable. It's absolutely despicable. And her principal, and I, I guess we'll find out tomorrow whether the Henrico County Public Schools are standing with her. That's going to be one of the questions we have. We'll, we'll have to see. How that plays out. I, I do want to thank the uh, Ashland Police Foundation. Uh, Saturday night was the ninth annual Ashland Police Officers Ball, and it was a great time. I've had the chance. I haven't been to all nine, but I have been to a bunch of them, and I'm usually in the audience and I have a great time. And it, what, what's really nice, or at least for me, what's really nice is that I have the opportunity to see so many men and women that I know. Not just from APD, the Ashland Police Department, from the Henrico, uh, the Henrico County Police Division have people there. Uh, some folks I know come up from Chesterfield, all over from New Kent, and there's always a big, big contingent from Hanover County Sheriff's Office. And these guys are the best. You know that I, I love my Hanover County Sheriffs. They're just uh, the best. So this year, I had intended to go, and uh, some folks reached out and said, Jeff, could you, would you do us a favor? Sure, whatever you need. Uh, would would you mind kind of helping with the presentation? You know, sort of narrate some of the awards. Oh my gosh, absolutely, absolutely. And I think uh, this is what I do, right? I mean, I know you're part of the radio program and you know the radio part of it, but uh, what I'm doing now is traveling and and, and delivering these these big keynote addresses. But to be able to help out locally was just tremendous, just absolutely wonderful. And when you hear the stories of these, uh, these, these great men and women at the Ashland Police Department, you just can't help but uh, sort of swell with pride. So I want to thank them. I want to thank the Ashland Police Foundation for asking me to come out and lend a hand. And hopefully it, it, it worked out the way that they wanted it to work out. I was, I was very happy to be there. We have a, a couple of different media platforms that you and I talk about, I would say, on a pretty regular basis. And I remind you of certain things, right? MSNBC. Hey, I watch it so that you don't have to. Mm-hmm. It, it's all right. You're welcome. Now, PBS, Propaganda BS Network, they are so hot and heavy and... and it may sound a little weird, but I think they are really venturing into the MSNBC territory. It's becoming clearer and clearer and clearer when they are not busy hawking uh, tote bags and umbrellas. 
that they really hate the very taxpayers who involuntarily support the stuff that they push out. Let me uh, share one snippet from PBS, again, Propaganda BS Network. Uh, Cut number one, please. Are there leaders across these subgroups of white Christian nationalism that are tied to the former president directly or to his larger network? Yes. Uh, For example, uh, a group of New Apostolic Reformation leaders, uh, apostles and prophets and others, were present at the White House a week before January 6th. Speaker Mike Johnson has direct ties to the New Apostolic Reformation. Speaker Mike Johnson is somebody who's sought the counsel and the friendship of Timothy Carcaden, who is a New Apostolic Reformation pastor from his home district uh, in Shreveport, Louisiana. Timothy Carcaden is a close associate with Dutch Sheets. Dutch Sheets is perhaps the most ardent Trump supporter in the New Apostolic Reformation. He's the one who may have done the most of any Christian leader in the United States to mobilize folks to try to overturn the 2020 election and to uh, make sure to attend uh, January 6th. One of the most frightening things I think about Mike Johnson is the flag he hangs outside of his office, an appeal to heaven flag. The appeal to heaven flag goes back to the Revolutionary War, George Washington, it was inspired by John Locke. But over the last 10 years, the, the appeal to heaven flag has been popularized by Dutch Sheets. Dutch Sheets sees the appeal to heaven flag as a symbol of Christian revolution. If you look closely at January 6th, you will see dozens of appeal to heaven flags. It may have a long history, but in the contemporary context, uh, it has a very specific meaning. So the fact that Mike Johnson has it hanging outside of his office, uh, to me, signifies uh, how he understands his role as Speaker of the House in terms of being a Christian and being an American. So let me see if I understand this. The use of the appeal to heaven flag is only important in the last, you claim, 10 years because you claim there's one guy who sort of knows the secret behind it. So I don't want you to take this the wrong way, talking head on PBS, but you're just full of crap. The Appeal to Heaven flag has, and you did acknowledge this, a long and storied history. A flag associated with John Locke. I wonder if this gentleman knows who John Locke is. John Locke, whether you realize it or not, is in many ways sort of the extra founding father. Because John Locke talked about life, liberty, and property. If you've not read any of John Locke's treatises, uh, it's not light reading. It's not like the the potato chip sort of book where you just sit there and go, oh, man, somebody's going to get killed on the next page. This will be good. Oh, look at the cart chip. It's a little more involved in that when you read the, the treatises that John Locke wrote. But I would suggest if you have some time, pick one. It doesn't matter which John Locke writing you pick. You, you can pick any of them from any time period because he is really of this idea that life and liberty go hand in hand with property, your ability to own, that you're not a serf. That's the life and liberty part, right? But it's also the property part. I own my house. All right, technically, I suppose I'm, I'm, I'm renting it from the bank for a couple of years, but you understand. That's what John Locke wrote about. Life, liberty, and property. Now uh, we get to the founding fathers, 
We get to the Federalists who say, well, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. John Locke would tell you that the pursuit of happiness was predicated upon the idea that you could, in fact, purchase and own property. But that would be John Locke. George Washington utilized the appeal to heaven flag. And all of those uses, apparently, according to this uh, uh, yacker on uh, PBS, those don't mean anything. The John Locke connection to it means nothing. The George Washington connection to it means nothing. But this guy who, you know what he needs in back of him, is one of those walls with a whole bunch of red strings and push pins. Because he's constructing this this gigantic conspiracy that every wackadoodle and every bad movie constructs. Oh, we know how it was. It was this over there. Connect. Listen. The fact that Mike Johnson has the flag outside of his office does not mean in any way that he is, uh, how'd she describe it, white Christian nationalists. Can you have black Christian nationalists? Can you have white Jewish nationalists? What about black and white Christian and Jewish nationalists? I mean, we're just tossing terms around, aren't we? We take a word, we think we know what it means, and then all of a sudden we twist it to mean whatever it is we want it to mean. Now it's white Christian nationalists. So what does that mean exactly? Does it mean people who look at the Judeo-Christian heritage of this nation? Or does it mean people who want to establish a Christian-only nation? I I would be curious to know what this person thinks, because I... Look, I I don't want to cast aspersions. I really don't. But here's my sense. My sense is that those two people on PBS believe any one of us, and that includes me, the Jewish guy sitting here talking, that any one of us who understands, acknowledges, pays tribute to, and appreciates the Judeo-Christian underpinnings of this nation, that we somehow must be under this white Christian nationalist label. And I'm here to tell you that uh, whether it's a surprise to you or not, they are completely and totally wrong. Mm-hmm. It is 515 Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. Retro, go. Lido, go. Guidance, go. Control, go. Telcom, go. GNC, go. Ecom, go. Surgeon, go. Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. We've got a great pair of tickets to give you right now. I, I mentioned to you that there is this, they're just wonderful, this this ABBA story, ABBA tribute band that is coming to Chesterfield after hours. And I know that Heidi went to see them. I, she saw them twice now that I think about it. They're just incredible. They are absolutely, positively incredible. And, of course, it's my buddy uh, Matt Krieger who puts together that entire, entire program. So would you like to go? I want to make it super easy because I want you to go and see him. It's August the 10th at uh, River City uh, Sports Center down in Chesterfield. So I want to make it nice and easy, 833-804-1140. Now, I know you're saying, wait a minute, Jeff, that's the Chronic Care of Richmond text line. That's true, but it also works as a phone. So it's the Chronic Care of Richmond phone as well, 833-804-1140. Let's, uh, let's say caller number 11 now. How's that? 833-804-1140, 833-804. 40. You will uh, absolutely have a great time as you get to uh, take a look 
at that. A couple of other things that we got coming up. Uh, tomorrow afternoon, as I mentioned to you, uh, I've got my friend uh, Yale Levine Sheldon coming on because she she's one of the few people in our community who's willing to stand up and be counted. You know, she ran for the uh, Ashland seat, the Ashland uh, Magisterial District seat on our uh, Hanover County Board of Soups. Uh, she came up a little bit short, but that's okay. She is not giving up her attention to schools and uh, some of the nonsense that's happening. And so this is where uh, she's going to help us out with this uh, school teacher over at a Deep Run in Henrico who was caught on tape offering all sorts of uh, words of support and encouragement to students to support Hamas. I mean, it, it just it doesn't, it doesn't get much crazier than that. So she'll be with us tomorrow afternoon. My friend Todd Starnes is going to be with us a little bit later this week as well. We've got Dr. Keith Ablo. You know, we've got uh, a lot of great things that uh, we continue to cover if you're not with me on uh, social media yet let me suggest to you that you jump on board follow jeff katz show over on x jeff katz show over on x and the jeff katz show on facebook the jeff katz show on facebook i'd appreciate if you give that a follow i just got uh, a rundown for the advance you know this is the big republican party of virginia events that uh, happens what every year this time it's happening out of norfolk and i i don't know are you going to this what, what exactly are we going to accomplish I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm, I'm legitimately asking the question, what are we going to accomplish? Are we ready to contest uh, the races for governor and lieutenant governor and attorney general? I mean, I see people on the uh, Democrat side stepping up. I'm still trying to figure out what we are doing. John Reed will have some answers tomorrow at 6. I know it. Make sure you're listening to him right here. News Radio WRB. Five thirty. Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. It is Monday, and we've got a lot still to uh, address. I had this very silly question I asked Heidi, and of course she she looked at me with that look like, ah, I, I married you, right? Yeah, well, you know, hey, hey, you picked me. As my dear friend, the late Bobby Rain Heenan said, Bobby Heenan once said to me, you tell her if she could have done better, she would have. And then I looked at him and he started smiling. So now I wouldn't say it to her while you're in the same room, but you know, you still say it to her. So no, but I, I said, uh, Heidi, I have a question. And you know, it kind of involves nature and the outdoors, which, which I don't do. And, and the reasoning is very simple. My people camped for 40 years. We're done. That's it. Indoors couches air conditioning like that stuff uh, i said um is it just me or are the does it seem like it's staying lighter longer <laughs> uh, she looks you, you know jeff the longest day of the year is december the 21st now i did not know that to me that's a piece of information i i i, I just don't really need to know but she said you know after that then the days start getting longer and so it would seem as if the it stays lighter longer and i said well we're headed to spring then right that's exactly right i said this is the way the seasons were yeah mm -hmm. i has got nothing to do with uh global warming or cooling or climate changes no, no no this is kind of the way it 
it works. Okay, just wanted to check. So that's good news as far as I'm concerned. You know, I can, I can gaze out the uh, the official weather window here in the plaque shack. It's still light outside. I like it. Uh, Mike Johnson, the Speaker of the House, was beaten up by uh, PBS, Propaganda BS Network. You, and you heard it just a couple of moments ago because he has a flag outside of his office that they don't like. A flag, by the way, I should point out that uh, they have this whole narrative that they've crafted about this flag, but it only involves the last 10 years or thereabouts. The existence of the flag, going back to the time of John Locke, who also loved this flag, and George Washington, who loved this flag, that they uh, skillfully avoid. So I wanted to let you take a listen to Mike Johnson, who I thought acquitted himself very, very well with this uh, Kristen Welker. What is that? Meet the Depressed or uh, whatever. You know, it's one of those talking head shows. They're all the same. But he was there. I want you to take a listen because I was really impressed. Simple as that. Cut number two. You have been calling for legislative change to actually deal with this problem. You are now the Speaker of the House. Do you not have a responsibility to your voters, to the people who put you in office, to address what you have called a crisis and a catastrophe? Isn't something better than nothing? Kristen, we did that. We did that nine months ago. And since we passed our measure in the House to solve this problem, and the reason we had to do it is because we saw that President Biden was not fulfilling his obligation under the law. That's why this is such a failure failure of leadership. But we did our part. And by the way, since then, in the nine months since that bill has sat on Chuck Schumer's desk collecting dust, 1.8 million illegals have been allowed into this country, welcomed into the country, sent around the nation into every community, communities near every listening and watching this morning and that is a catastrophe and the american people know it and that's part of the reason that joe biden right. has the lowest approval rating of any president facing re-election even former president trump though called for legislative change on this issue you have one of the slimmest majorities in the house in history don't you have to compromise to get something done what you passed in the house can't pass in the senate mr speaker you know that we are willing to work we are willing to work with the Senate. I am not disclosing that, and I've been very consistent for the hundred days that I've had the gavel. We're willing to work, but they have to be serious about it. If you only do a few of those components, you are not going to solve the problem. And Kristen, that's not a Republican talking yeah. point. That's what the sheriffs at the border, the, the Border Patrol agents, the deputy chief of, of U.S. Border Patrol, a 33-year veteran of the agency, told us. He said it's as though we're administering an open fire hydrant. He said, I don't need more buckets Let like the president's proposed. I need to stop the flow, and we know how to do that, but Joe Biden is unwilling to do it. Let me ask you about your decision. And by the way, Joe Biden has said he would shut down the border. He's calling for more funding. He's calling for you to pass this legislation. Mm-hmm. Uh, who does she work for? I mean, honestly, God, does she not sound like some some insane Democrat Party hack? No, you're right. She is. She's an insane Democrat Party hack. I'm going to say it again i know i say it all the time but the sooner that you come to terms with how the leftists see you and feel about you how the legacy news media hacks but i repeat myself see you and feel about you the happier you're going to be happier you're going to be just move on with life she is angry and confrontational and she's going to yell isn't something better than nothing no no actually it's not 
In this case, the something is actually worse than nothing. Joe Biden, who doesn't even know what flipping planet he's on half the time, is now claiming he he, he needs this bill in order to be able to shut the border. Well, he didn't need any legislation to open the border, did he? The president actually has the power, whether that president is a demented fool and a puppet like Joe Biden or is an actual president like Donald Trump. It's the president who decides what happens there. The United States Border Patrol, as well as the Customs and Border Protection, these are agencies at the executive level. Executive is the president. Now, they're funded, of course, through a legislative process. The House appropriates money, right? But this is not a money issue. This is a deployment issue. This is a decision, a conscious decision and a plan crafted by God knows who, Barack Obama, and then imposed via the Biden administration. We're simply going to open the border. We've torn down whatever border wall President Trump was able to erect. And now we're simply going to open the border. We are going to have Border Patrol agents, CBP personnel just waving people through. That's all. Bring it all in, baby. Bring it all in. Anybody wants to come in, come on in. That is a result of Joe Biden and his team. That's what they want. Oh, isn't something better than nothing? No, because the something in this case continues to allow 8,500 illegal aliens to walk in anytime they want. Every day. 365 days a year. Is that a good plan? Is that what we need? Is that how we secure the United States? The idea that anybody could advocate for that and say, oh, this will make us safer. And built right in is the blanket amnesty. Oh, well, we brought uh, 2 million, 3 million, 5 million people illegally across the border. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody gets... uh, Everybody gets a free pass. It's like Oprah all of a sudden is in charge of the border. You get amnesty, and you get amnesty, and you get amnesty. No, that's just not the way this is supposed to work. So I stand with uh, Speaker Mike Johnson. He's got to be tough on this one. And the Republicans in the House have got to be tough on him, because I sadly don't have a lot of confidence in anybody in the U.S. Senate. I mean, Lord knows our two... uh, folks up there tiny tim kane and mark warner you know they'll be on of course they're on board with this of course they are tiny tim kane if he could he would stand on the border playing the uh, harmonica welcoming everybody in this is a dangerous idea and, and what is truly dangerous what's insulting about this is the support that the establishment republicans in the senate are offering to this this is dangerous stuff man dangerous stuff the uh there's another sunday show with uh george snuffleupagus who you know is a he's a real reporter uh, despite his decades of being uh one of bill clinton's minions and working for the clintons and you know, I, you know but he but he's a serious journalist jeff he's he's changed everything now mm-hmm. and his wife oh don't talk about his wife that's not fair okay i won't talk about his wife but she's a democrat hack anyway so George Snuffleupagus has uh, J.D. Vance on the show. J.D. Vance, you know, United States Senator, where? Ohio, right? I get that state right? Yeah. 
and uh, had that, uh, what was his, his book, Hillbilly Elegy. And J.D. Vance is a pretty smart guy. And to put it mildly, he's far smarter than George Snuffleupagus, which is why at the end of this, you will hear, well, you know what, rather than me tell you what it is, just cut number three, please. The Constitution also says the president must abide by legitimate Supreme Court rulings, doesn't it? The Constitution says that the Supreme Court can make rulings, but if the Supreme Court, and look, I hope that they would not do this, but if the Supreme Court said the president of the United States can't fire a general, that would be an illegitimate ruling, and the president has to have Article II prerogative under the Constitution to actually run the military as he sees fit. This is just basic constitutional legitimacy. You're talking about a hypothetical where the Supreme Court tries to run the military. I don't think that's going to happen, George. But of course, if it did, the president would have to respond to it. There are multiple examples throughout American history of the president doing just that. You didn't say military in your answer, and you've made it very clear. You believe the president can defy the Supreme Court. Senator, thanks for your time this morning. No, 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 no George. Roundtable's up next. We'll be right back. No, I don't like what you said. And you didn't say what I wanted you to say. Please. Are you kidding me? You notice what happened there, right? J.D. Vance is trying to explain it, and George Snuffleupagus is an insecure, tiny little man, and he won't allow him to do that. And that's what you get. So I would, I listen, I would love to tell you that I'm surprised. I would love to tell you that uh, this is a shock. It's not. It's absolutely not. 544, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. Five fifty one, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA, Monday afternoon. Now, tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., I'm reminding you, you got to be here. My friend John Reed is going to be here. Always a great show with John. I will be texting with him early in the morning. We do. We just we text back and forth and just see how everything's going. I had a great uh, opportunity on Saturday, as I mentioned to you. The uh, fine folks of the Ashland Police Foundation said, hey, can you come and help us out a little bit with our police officer's ball? And I thought they just meant, you know, walk through the silent auction. But they they, they had me read a few things, and so I was happy to do it. I, I, I love the uh, the members of the Ashland Police Department. The Ashland Police Foundation, man, these are these are solid community members, business owners, and they support the police department as they should. John was uh, was in attendance. He was one of the uh, attendees, one of the guests, and it was really great to see him. I haven't seen him in forever, and so it was nice to just chat with him and catch up a little bit. But tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., I would urge you, please, to be here for his program. And I'm going to remind you to put the date, March the 20th, on your calendar. Uh, whether it's on your phone or you have an actual calendar, people, there. I know people actually have calendars, but write it down, all right? Save the date. March the 20th, the historic Beacon Theater in Hopewell. That is the eighth iteration of Politics and Pints. It's going to be pretty exciting. Taking a look at our uh, Chronic Care of Richmond text line, Jeff. uh, These people, the leftists, are sick. They are bent. Since when is it a sin or a crime to appeal to the Almighty? I'm telling you, the leftists are sick, demonic pups. Of course they hate that flag. They hate the uh, Star-Spangled Banner as well. Yeah, it's it's a shame. I don't, I don't know what else to say. It's a shame. How, how anybody can be uh, so worked up 
about somebody else saying, "Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna stand and defend the nation. I'm gonna stand with uh, those who serve our nation." But but we do see it. I, I wish that weren't the case, but we do see it. Todd Starnes is going to be with us a little bit later this week. Looking forward to uh, to having him with us. Uh, Todd's a great guy, great, great national show, as you know. And uh, what else? Oh, uh, oh, oh, my buddy Brian Maloney is going to be here. I was actually texting with Brian a little bit earlier, and uh, Brian is simply put one of the one of the smartest dudes you're ever going to meet. And he had a wonderful career in broadcasting but his his day job if you will he's run so many campaigns and coordinated uh, so many campaigns and he has agreed to be our sort of special contributor he's going to be with us every other week and then as we get closer and closer to the election uh, we're going to bring him on every week to, uh, to chat about things. I've got more ABBA tickets later this week, the ABBA tribute show. My buddy Matt Krieger and Chesterfield After Hours. It's a great place to see a show. I'm just telling you that right now. And that uh, ABBA tribute band is, is really some of the best fun you're going to have. If, if you Well, you know what? I'm going to leave it at that. I'm just going to tell you tomorrow I will give you another chance to uh, win a pair of tickets. If you're not with me on social media, I would urge you to please do that over on X, formerly known as Twitter. And no, I don't know how long we have to continually say X, formerly known as Twitter. Everybody knows that X used to be Twitter, right? But maybe not. So you follow me on X, formerly known as Twitter, uh, Jeff Katz Show. Jeff Katz Show over there. And then on Facebook, much easier, right? The Jeff Katz Show. You follow The Jeff Katz Show on Facebook, and you stay up to speed on everything. It appears as if I'm getting ink, baby, because I think that my buddy Carl Leonard has, in fact, raised $15,000. I'll give you details tomorrow. Have a fantastic evening. God willing, you and I get the chance to do this all over again tomorrow, starting at 3. Jeff Katz, News Radio, WR. Adios and All-Star Closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.